Well, this morning we are, we are going to finish our series next Sunday. For the next couple of Sundays, I'm going to preach some, uh, some Christmas sermons, I guess. Uh, I'm going to really preach about some words that we hear uh, too little, but we always hear them at Christmas. And so we'll do that next Sunday, but this morning we're going to look at uh, our final installment of living life with a real purpose for the since the day we moved in we've been uh we've been looking at that since september and so today we're going to finish that that series and in this series i've been really clear and and very clear about the purpose of this church i've shared nine out of the ten core values that we have and i'm going to share the tenth one today uh for me okay these core values are non-negotiable all right, they're, they're, they're hills I'm willing to die on, all right? I, I don't know about you, but I hope they will become hills that you're willing to die on because these core values have the potential uh, of empowering this body of believers to walk at the level Jesus intended. They have the potential for truly fulfilling our divine destiny. So we've got to understand our purpose, and we've got to walk in that purpose to achieve all that Christ intended. Everything we do should have a purpose behind it. We shouldn't, as a church, as a body, we shouldn't do anything just to be doing it, okay? Now, I've, I've tried really hard to stay away from that because I grew up in church. I've been a member of small churches and medium-sized churches, and I've been a, 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 a member and a staff member on some very large churches. And you can get overwhelmed with activities, Okay? I can, I'll never forget hearing one pastor say he drove by church one Thursday night and he saw the parking lot was full and he thought, oh my gosh, I'm late for something, but I just don't know what it is. <laughs> they had a, a lot of things going on. One of the things we've done is we've purposely kept that to a few things because we want to make sure that what we do has a purpose behind it, Okay? Otherwise, what happens is our lives become wasted motion and squandered time. And I don't know about you, I'm, I'm, I'm getting to the age where I realize the time I have is limited. There was a point where I thought I would live forever, okay? <laughs> Most of y'all did too at that point. Most of you are to the place where you realize you're not going to live forever, Okay? And so I, I don't want to waste time and, 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 because we only have so many opportunities, folks. And every time we miss one, that's one less than we'll have tomorrow. So we don't want to, we don't want to miss our opportunities. We, we, want to, we don't want to waste our time. But we also don't want to work ourselves to a frazzle and get anything, nothing accomplished. Okay, Motion is important, but motion or to accomplish something. So we don't want to waste motion. Now, we have a, a, a very simple core value that I think undergirds all the other ones. And in the back of my mind, whenever I do anything, 
that's connected with Eagles Wing Church, I'm reminded of it, okay? I'm reminded of it whenever I'm studying and preparing for a sermon. I'm reminded of it when I'm preparing and getting ready to, to share in a small group. I'm reminded of it when, whenever I'm, I'm sweeping the floor or I pick up some trash or I see something that's out of place and put it back or, or I flush the toilet or I, I clean out a garbage can or whatever you do as, as just a person who's a part of a church, I'm reminded of this core value. And that core value is this. We will do what we do with excellence. Okay? I really believe that's important. We can't do everything, folks. We can't be everything, but everything we do should be done with excellence for the glory of God. We, we've, we're not a cafeteria church, okay? Which, which means you can come and you can choose what you want and take what you need and, and move on down the line. We're not a cafeteria church. We're, we're rather a, a specialty church in a sense. Now, if I, if I, if I want to eat steak, I don't go to a cafeteria, okay? Because I know that steak's going to taste like everything else on that menu, Okay, and, and, and you know what, I'm not, I'm not, there's nothing wrong with cafeterias. Okay, I like cafeterias. I call them slop till you drops, okay. I, I, probably I could have left that out, but, but I like to eat, and I like mass quantities when I eat. But there, there are moments when I want a steak, and when I want a steak, I'm going to go to a place who specializes in cooking steak, because I don't get many of them. So I'm, I'm going I'm to go an extra step. Well, we're not, we're not a cafeteria church. We're more of, of a specialty church. We can't be good at everything. We, we can't. So why not strive to be the best at a few things? And that's what we're trying to do as a church. Excellence is really doing your best. It's really doing the best you can with what you have at whatever you're doing. Okay? Let me say that again. Excellence is doing the best you can with what you have at whatever you're doing. Excellence is, is, is described by words like superior or outstanding or quality or extremely good. People notice excellence. Okay, We see excellence. We all know it when we see it. Because it's such a rare thing in our society. People notice excellence. They pay attention to it. Most people are, are let me put it this way. Most people do what it takes to get by. Okay? That's just the reality. No matter what they're doing, they do the least they can do to get by. Most are willing to accept average Okay? Some will reach for good, but there's only a few who are, who, are, who are willing to pray the price for excellence. You know why there's so few? Because excellence costs too much for most people. When I was a kid, there were days when my brother and I would be working with my dad, and you know how. You are when you're young. You want to cut some corners, get through, and get on to the, you know, to swim in the creek or run through the woods. You don't you don't want to spend any more time in the in the garden or the field or whatever. And I I can, I can remember you know 
dad saying, well, son, we need to do this. And I can remember my brother and I kind of, well, dad, what if we just do it this way? And, and he would say this every time, son, if it's worth doing, it's worth doing well. It's worth doing right. And every time I try to cut a corner, I hear that phrase in my head. I can't get away from it. I learned a long time ago when I was in the plumbing business that shoddy, half-hearted work costs far more time and money than excellence. You can do it right the first time, or you can come back and you can do it over and over and over again. Excellence is not about a quantity of money. I want you to hear me right here. It's not about a quantity of money. Rather, excellence is about a quality of commitment. And God is looking for men and women. He's looking for churches that are concerned about doing what they do with excellence. Now, our desire as a church is, is to do whatever we do with excellence, whether it's our praise and our worship, whether it's the preaching, whether it's teaching children, whether it's our printed material, whether it's taking care of buildings or bathrooms or, or picking up paper that's fallen on the floor or, or keeping our grounds looking good or, or it's our missional outreach. It's everything we do. We want to do all of that with excellence. We don't want to just do it. We want to do it with excellence. And one of the reasons is, is because we are doing this, whether you realize this or not, as unto the Lord. Look at Colossians chapter two, or chapter 3, verse 23 and 24. This is the only passage of Scripture I've got this morning. But if we could somehow grasp this passage of Scripture, it would change, it would change every one of us. It would change the way we look at things. Paul writes, whatever you do, do your work heartily as for the Lord rather than for men, knowing that from the Lord you will receive the reward of the inheritance. It is the Lord Christ whom you serve. Whatever you do, do your work heartily. That word heartily means to work energetically. It means to, to work diligently. It means to work with excellence. And Paul is saying here is that whatever you see that needs to be done, there's no sacred and there's no secular. There's no division between them. It's all sacred. Because everything that we do, whether it's here at church, or it's on our job, at school, or in our homes, is, is, is as unto the Lord. We are working for God. We're not working for people. I'm going to tell you what, when you go to your job, and you look at it that way, and that becomes your mindset, you work differently. It changes your, 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 who you are on the job. And folks, it works in the church as well. Y'all going to have to excuse me for some reason this morning. I can't keep this up, and I don't know what it is, and I've been it, and I'm tired of playing with it. I'm a breath away from slinging it, okay? <laughs> Help me, Lord. But I'll get it fixed next week, okay? But whatever we do, we are doing it as unto the Lord. And, and, and folks, Jesus is our example. He's the one who gave us the example of excellence. He gave his best for us. We've been singing about it this morning.
That's one of the reasons I love Christmas because it, it's, the, it's the story of God's greatest gift, the most perfect gift, the excellent gift, if you, if you want to put it that way. God gave His very best. He gave His only begotten Son. The only Son He had, He gave Him to us. He gave an excellent gift. And so, Jesus gave His best for us. So how much more should we give our best to Him? Excellence begins, folks, with commitment. You don't see a lot of commitment in the body of Christ anymore. I mean, I'm just going to lay that one out there, and that one falls where it falls, okay? You don't see a lot of, of commitment. People are, well, you know, I'll go if I want to, and I'll be involved if, if, if I like this. Folks, that's not what God's called us to. He's called us to be committed to His bride, to be committed to the church, to do what needs to be done so that we can share the gospel with people who have not heard it yet. Commitment is where excellence begins. Excellence is, is really a, it's an atmosphere. And it's an atmosphere that breeds creativity. Wherever there's excellence, people of excellence are drawn. They want to be a part of something that's excellent because they can see the difference. And when, when that atmosphere begins to, 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 to bubble and, and create, creativity starts to, to take place, it, create, it attracts people. It attracts people like, like light attracts moths. Jesus was excellent. Amen. Well, now, what do you mean by that? Well, I mean that he was superior in everything that he attempted and everything that he achieved. Everything Jesus did was just really, really good. Amen? Well, at least some of you believe that. <laughs> everything that he did was really, really good. He, he never just went about it halfway. And the reason for that is because he wanted to obey God and he was filled with the Holy Spirit. And our desire should be that we want to obey God. And if you're a believer this morning, you're filled with the Holy Spirit. So we don't really have an excuse. People recognize the excellence in what he did. That's why they followed him. That's why they streamed from those villages. Folks, there, there are no cities up there in, in northern Israel. Even today, with thousands and thousands of inhabitants. They were just little villages. And yet they streamed from all over Israel to be with Him, to listen to Him, to watch Him. Sure, there were, there were some that were there to, to gawk. They, there were some that came for the food, but there were a lot of folks that came because they had never seen that kind of excellence in a person before. They'd never seen what he was doing. He had, a, he had an authority, Scripture tells us, in his teaching. I mean, they would say, hey, nobody has taught like this before. Nobody teaches with this kind of authority. Folks, they recognized the excellence when he ministered. When he ministered to people, they, they recognized it. They, they recognized that they were the recipients of, of outstanding uh, measures of concern. Jesus didn't just walk by and throw fairy dust and wave his hands over people's head and go on. Jesus took them by the hand. He looked into their eyes. He put his hands on lepers. He put his hands on, on the prostitutes and the tax collectors, the people that were, were, were 
unclean. That's a, that's a good biblical word that, that doesn't really describe what the religious people thought of those people. I mean, for them to say tax collector, they would have spit. Just like when they said Samaritan. They would have spit. They hated those people. And Jesus touched them. He put his hands on them. He raised them up. He looked them in the eyes. He spoke to them. I'll guarantee you, he asked them what their name was. And he, he, and he used their name when he ministered to them. He ministered with a measure of concern that was completely different than what they'd ever seen. He didn't do it halfway. He didn't get in a hurry. He didn't do it haphazardly. Folks, he never took a day off and he never phoned his assignment in. I, I love that commercial. I don't know what it's about when the mom comes into her little baby's room and says, Hey, baby, mama's going to have to take a day off today. She's sick. You're on your own. Jesus never did that. Son, daddy's not feeling well today. He's got the flu. You're going to have to take care of your own self. Jesus never did that. He recognized that he represented the Father. And he was committed to excellence. Folks, the atmosphere around him was filled with people. And it filled those people with anticipation. See, where there's excellence, there's an anticipation. It filled those people with hope. And it filled those people with excitement. Because of the level of excellence that was being achieved. And whenever there's excellence in a company, in a school... I, I know some of you are football fans of, a, of, another, of another color, so I'm just not going to name teams. But, but listen, when you see a team, be it your team or another team, that plays football with excellence, you recognize it. I went to the state playoffs uh, this past Thursday night, and uh, uh, the team that, that I played for, the high school I uh, played for, went to the state championship for the first time in her history. Okay, which is a major achievement. But she played a better team. Okay? I mean, they were just excellent in some areas. And it was easy to see the difference. Folks, we see the difference where there's excellence at. When Jesus touched people, there was an excellence about it. The deaf couldn't just hear noises. They heard perfectly. The blind just didn't see dimly. They saw crystal clear. The lame, they didn't even walk with a limp when he got through. Folks, the demonized were not half free. They were totally liberated. They were running around screaming, I'm free, I'm free, I'm free, I'm free. They wanted to go with him. I, 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 I never... It always grabs my heart when this, in the story of, of the, the Gadarene demoniac, that's what Scripture calls him. Legion is the name that he gives. But when, when Jesus touched him, it says he was sitting at his feet and his mind was clear. And when Jesus got ready to leave, he wanted to follow Jesus. Why? Because he had met someone in whom there was excellence. And he was drawn to it. Folks, wherever there's excellence, 
People are drawn to it. Listen, when Jesus brought forgiveness for sin, when he redeemed us, he didn't redeem us halfway, folks. He paid the full price for your sin. And there are some of you in this room right now, and one of the reasons you are afraid is because you've done some things and you don't think God can forgive you of it. That is a lie. When Jesus died on that cross, he paid for every sin. You will never have to pay for those sins if you will allow him to pay for them, to, to, to give that payment to your account. You know why? If you could pay for it, Jesus would never have had to die. He prayed for them perfectly. They are complete. The payment's done. So the next time the enemy brings that to your mind and says, hey, you did this, you just tell him Jesus has paid for it. 100%. It's paid for. It's done. Jesus completely forgave sinners. He refused to do anything halfway. I mentioned several times this morning that, that people recognize excellence. But the kind of atmosphere that I'm talking about that surrounded Jesus can only be sustained if all of us are committed to the same excellence. We have to be committed to it. Jesus understood that he was offering everything he did as an offering of worship to God. It was his worship. Every day, his activities, whatever he did, was worship to God. And whether we know it or not, so is ours. I'm often reminded, and as I was studying, I thought about this. In the Old Testament, the lambs and the bulls and the goats or the birds that a person brought to offer as a sacrifice had to be excellent. They couldn't have a mark. They couldn't have a blemish. They had to be superior in quality. They couldn't be run-of-the-mill stuff. They couldn't be the, the wounded, lame, limping stuff. They couldn't be average. They had to be the very best. The investment of that excellence in the sacrifice demonstrated the level of one's obedience. If they weren't willing to give the best, they weren't being obedient. That's just the bottom line. Over and over throughout Exodus and Leviticus, you'll read something, and it's a phrase. It says, without defect. Without defect. And you'll bring this and it will be without defect. Without defect. That was the requirement for God's acceptance of their sacrifice. God didn't require an excessive amount. A quantity. He only desired an excellence in the quality. Don't miss that. God's not asking for... A great deal. He's just asking for whatever you do, do it with excellence. Do it with quality. You see it over and over and over throughout the Old Testament. You see it when they were building the tabernacle. And then later when they built the temple. And then you see it in Jesus. See, God is worthy of the best. He's worthy of excellence. Let me, let me give you, this will be a little Christmassy, but it, it also... It also shows the extremes that, that the Jewish people went to to make sure that their sacrifices were excellent. Bethlehem 
is where the sheep, the lambs, were raised that were a part of the sacrifice in the temple. That's what they were known for. They raised the lambs that were sacrificed. And those lambs had to be perfect and without blemish. When those lambs were born, they would be very careful because when a lamb is, is, is just born, they tend to, have you ever seen an animal that's just been born, it, it can't hardly walk, and if you've ever seen a calf, it stumbles and falls and, and all that kind of stuff. Well, the problem is, is, is at that time, those animals can be injured. They can be scarred. They can get a cut or a nick that makes them blemished. So you know what they would do? they would wrap those lambs in swaddling clothes. You ever wondered why the angels told the shepherds, go and look till you find a manger with a baby wrapped in swaddling clothes. You ever wondered why they did that? Because they put their lambs in the mangers and they wrapped them with swaddling clothes. That's what was normally done. They did it to protect them so that they didn't get nicks and blemishes. So that when they were uh, older and when they were adult lambs, they could be offered as sacrifice. Jesus came. And Scripture says He is the Lamb without blemish. There's nothing in Scripture. There's not a word wasted in Scripture. They wanted their lambs to be excellent. And so they went a step farther than what most people did. From Genesis to Revelation... Excellence is the standard. God doesn't do anything halfway. Let me say that again. God never does anything halfway. He never takes a day off. He never phones it in or emails his assignment. He shows up to do it personally. So where in the world, folks, did we get the idea that we could do anything less? The body of Christ should be a body of excellence in everything they do, or they shouldn't do it. All right? I'm just, that's just the way it is. Everything we do should be excellent. We should strive to be leaders in our culture, we should, we should strive to be the best employees in our companies. We should be the best students in our schools and the best parents to our children. And we as believers should be willing to give others what we expect from them. When you go to a restaurant, you want your food warm, hot, right? Fresh, right? You don't want it half-cooked. You don't want raw meat. You don't want frozen green beans. You want it to be excellent, right? Amen? Y'all know what I'm talking about. And when it comes out and it's not excellent, what do we do? We send it back. God knows what happens to it when you send it back, but, but we send it back, okay? Because it's not what we wanted. And we're, we're not willing... To, to accept anything less than excellent. Folks, if, if we're not willing to accept it, th- then why should we, we, we be willing to accept it when we're serving God? Why should we be willing to give others less than the best? If I'm not willing to accept, the, if I'm not willing to accept less than the best, why should I give somebody else less than the best? Seems like there's a passage that says, do unto others as you would have them do unto you. 
Seems like Jesus said that too. Cutting corners doesn't produce a quality of excellence. Excellence can only spring from a heart that's committed. Large amounts of money, folks, can't buy excellence. I've seen tons of money spent on half-done projects. And I've seen little money spent on projects where people were committed and it could not have been any better. You cannot buy excellence, okay? You cannot buy it. Large amounts of can't large amounts of money can't can't buy it, but it can be purchased with the currency of total commitment. Excellency is a mindset and it's a heartbeat that echoes uh, the heartbeat of God. Excellence is costly, but it has to be offered freely. You see, I I can't make you be excellent. You have to choose freely to be excellent. You have to choose for that to be your mindset and what drives you. It can't be coerced. It can't be forced. If that's the case, if, if it's forced, if you're doing it because you have to, then folks, what happens is it spoils the excellence of the product that's being produced. Excellence is an attitude as well as the completion of an action or the making of a product. See, a product's not excellent unless the person who makes it works with excellence. Okay? We planted this church with a commitment to excellence. Now, I can't do it by myself. I can't achieve it by myself. It's, it takes all of us. We're not rich monetarily. Okay? We're not numerically large. But listen to me. Excellence is not based on nickels and noses. It's not based on numbers and how much money you have. Excellence is based on the level of commitment of the whole body. The whole body. For that atmosphere to surround us, it requires all of us to rise to a higher level of commitment. It requires that we raise our level of expectation. We will only rise as far as we expect to rise. Okay? God's blowing up my, my mindset of what I can achieve. Because He's not concerned about what I can achieve. He's concerned about me learning what He can achieve. I'm looking at the wrong person when I look at myself to see what I can achieve. He wants to achieve more. And he's the only one that can do that. Listen, a few minutes ago, when I go to the store and buy something, I expect it to work. Amen? If I want to give that person my money, I expect whatever I bought from them to work. And I've learned that the cheapest route is not always the best route. Some of you are not listening, okay? Listen, I've been a part of churches and ministries that would accept worn out junk because somebody was donating it to the cause of Christ. God doesn't make junk. He doesn't need junk. All right? Sometimes we just need to haul that stuff to the garbage dump. 
or give it to the thrift store. And if they want to put it in the dumpster, that's fine. But folks, listen, we need to take our garbage. That We need to give God our best. We don't need to give him worn out stuff and broken stuff. And we don't need to accept it. Folks, excellency is based on commitment. You get what you pay for. Your level of return is determined by your level of investment. And long-term quality of what you're investing in. See, if you're investing in junk, you know what you'll have in 50 years? Junk. But if you're investing in in, in something that's valuable, it will be valuable at the end of that time. But listen, we can't do everything. But whatever we choose to do, we need to do with excellence. If we see paper on the floor, we pick it up. If I see a baby diaper and I'm working in the children's department, we change that baby. Okay? If we see a child that doesn't have something, needs something, we meet that need. If, if we have somebody that, that stops because they're hungry, we'll make sure they get something to eat and make sure they get gas to go where they're going. We're, we're, we'll deal with that. There's just countless opportunities around this church to put excellence into play. Okay? We can't do everything. But here's what we're going to do. We can't be everything to everybody. But we can do what we do with excellence so that God is glorified in everything we do. When we have a, an activity, it's going to have some purpose behind it. And we're going to do it as well as we can do. You know what? We could have bought cheap cocoa and served down here to the people of Mars. But we didn't. We bought good stuff because, number one, it needs to be excellent, okay? It, it doesn't need to be, you know, brown water with a little sugar taste in it. It needs to be some good <laughs> hot chocolate. So we, we did it. When we, when we moved, we, we looked at the situation in our room, and we, we tried to figure out what would be the best way so that our sound and our, our, our media could be seen. And we, we invested in stuff. And since we've begun as a church, we've invested in things that we could use the next time and the next time. We're sitting on chairs that we bought at the beginning. Why? Because they're good chairs. Okay? They were a good investment. We're using sound equipment. Some of it we bought. But we've had to upgrade. Why? Because we want to have praise and worship that's excellent. So that you can hear it and see it and be a part of it. Folks, excellence is a quality that if we will commit to, God will bless. If we won't bring Him junk, we won't have junk. Okay? If we won't give Him half-hearted stuff, we won't live in half-hearted situations. Notice, I didn't say God would give us half-hearted situations or God would give us junk. Because God doesn't do that. But He will let us live in whatever. We're, to, to whom much is given. Let me put it this way. Much is required. Okay, Much is required. Folks. For a church. 
to be what God wants it to be, it has to have purpose. And it has to fight every day to keep those purposes straight and to keep them in front. Because if you're not careful, you get deluded by a hundred million things that need to be done. And all of them are good. We can't do everything. But what we can do is do things with excellence. Whatever we choose to do, whatever God leads us to do, whatever we're committed to, we can do that with excellence. And when we do those things with excellence, God blesses them. You don't have to have a lot of money or a, lot of, a great number of people in a body to change the world. The little group Jesus had, Compared to the population of the world, teeny tiny. But they learned to minister and they learned to love with excellence. And in 300 years, they turned the world upside down. What would happen if a hundred people decided, you know what? We're not going to settle for anything less and we're not going to give anything but the best. I can tell you what would happen. It would turn this community, it would turn this region, it would turn this area upside down. And people would be drawn to it. We can't do everything, but what we do, folks, what we do, we're going to do with excellence. Let's pray. Father, I pray this morning. For more information on Eagles Wing Church, visit our website at www.eagleswingchurch.org or on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash Eagles Wing Church. Thanks for listening and have a blessed week.